Isaiah, let me ask you a question. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Nah, what's that? Okay, let me give you the rundown. It's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you literally everything you need all in one place. Do you want to know how it works? Yeah, tell me all about it. Okay, well, Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recording today. You don't even need any fancy software or anything like that. Whoa, we got to get on top of that ASAP. Right? And there's still more. You can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place that you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. What? I'm on Spotify every day. Let me log on real quick. Also, with Anchor, creators like us can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. I'm going to download the Anchor app and check anchor.fm and start today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silent Podcast, a place to wear everything but silent here with episode three at the Movies Podcast. Yes, we are back. Uh, make sure your cell phones are silent um, because we got some movies to talk about here. Um, I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Mark Levy. Mark, what is going on, man? I'm doing great today, Isaiah. I'm really excited to talk about, like, I guess, like 2.2 uh, yeah. movies. Uh, we... Um, we decided since it took a little time to just get to this episode, we're not really going to be talking about Blackbone much. We want to give it some, uh, you know, want to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to be talking about Nope instead, uh, and still talking about House from 1977. Uh, but this is exciting. Like, uh, I've not seen many movies recently, been busy, but like, you know, I'm excited to talk about movies that I have a lot of feelings about with a guy I have a lot of positive feelings for. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, we. Just coming off a hiatus. I've I've, been, yeah. I've gone through it. I've been sick. Uh, I, I got uh, a broken AC, which you can't see in my background. I got like three fans pointing at me right now. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, oh my god! You know, I have a fan that's like about ten feet from me, and yeah. I turn my AC for this. I want the audio to be good, and I'm yeah. just covered in sweat. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the Northeast in July, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, uh, we we just come off this crazy heat wave, so I'm like, all right, let's let's get this recording in. I'm not yeah. going to be the country next week really? so i'm gonna get in as much recording as possible so yeah. we should record another one soon following absolutely this and have it like uh set to go out while you're gone absolutely but yeah so so we're here we're gonna be talking about it, it seems like we're on a, a creepy movie streak this week uh mark because we got house uh we got uh we got uh nope and we got uh black Black, um, the black phone, black phone, thank you. Yeah, like that, that black movie, the black room, the dark room, the, <laughs> the black phone. Yeah, um, although two of them are definitely what I would consider horror comedies, yeah. um, and one of them is not comedy at all. Although there's comedy in nope it, but it's not really not, funny. Huh? You would say nope is the not comedy. No, I'd say nope is a comedy. Oh, which one would you say is them? A uh, black phone, okay. Um, should we talk about black phone first? Since yeah, we're like, for it. Go yeah. for it. All right. So Black Phone. Um, uh, wow. I should, the funny thing is I have the notes up for everything else, but the Black Phone, <laughs> so give me like four seconds. Oh, no. Take uh, your time, man. You're good. But the Black Phone <laughs> is a movie uh, based, uh, uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, uh, written by De- Scott Derrickson to see Robert Cargill, uh, produced by Jason Blum, uh, based on a short story by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a supernatural horror movie set in the 70s. 
um, starring Ethan Hawke, uh, Jeremy Davies, James Ransom, and a couple other really amazing kid actors. Uh, it's a very tight little, weird little movie um, that has nice uh, Joe Hill uh, supernatural vibe going on in there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a sucker for mass killer movies, okay? Yeah. Jason. Um, Jason's my dude. Like, we, I don't think we ever talked about this, but Jason is by far my favorite of the 80s slashers, like, by far. See, for me, it's uh, it's Ghostface. But that's not 80s. Yeah. That's uh, 90s. That is not. I mean, all right. As out, sorry. Let me rephrase right. it. All <laughs> mass killers. Okay. I like Ghostface. Um, yeah. But but yeah, we we got a we got another one. We got a new inductive from from Black Phone. Um, how do you feel? He sits. The Grabber is like the best name ever for a, a serial killer. Yes. Um, and like what he like, it's weird because the character is kind of slightly gay coded, which I don't love. Uh, considering like we don't know much about the character besides where he murders people, but he's got kind of a high pitched voice and yeah, uh, stuff about him that that feels like gay coding from like the seventies or earlier. Um, but I think Ethan Hawke fucking nails his performance. Um, I like I think this is one of the better Ethan Hawke performances considering you don't see his face like ever in the movie. Like you see his eyes, like that's mm-hmm. it. You see his body, that's it. Like you don't see anything else. Like granted, okay, I want to also say something because I feel like I might have said something wrong. Um, okay. I think that uh, I don't think it's wrong that the character is possibly gay. I just feel like it's uh, written in a way that might not be the best way. Got it. Okay. If that makes I'm, sense. No, it makes perfect sense. You, you, I, I, I get the rewording. Yeah. Um, uh, what other movies have we seen Ethan Hawke in? Um, You've seen a lot, I assume. Um, like, I mean, he was Oscar nominated for Training Day. Yeah. Uh, should have been Oscar nominated for First Reformed. He's in the amazing trilogy of films called the Beyond Trilogy, uh, before Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Which is before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. Um, all those are on HBO Max or um, Criterion. If you've never had a chance to see them, I highly recommend them. We watched them fairly recently. Um, he's Gallica. Uh, like I mean, he's been like he was a big star in the late '90s uh, because he's you know a very good-looking dude. Um, yeah, he's in. Uh, he was in the Purge. Yes, says uh, uh, he. He was a main villain in Moon Knight. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay, so he's been around. He's been around. Yeah. You've heard of him before, right? Like this isn't your first. The name. the face, yes, but okay, the name, okay. the name. Wow. I'm really bad with names, man. Okay. I'm, like, uh, like, uh, I'm just now getting characters. Like, if you asked me who Robert Downey Jr. is a couple years ago, I would have said, "Oh, Tony Stark." You know, um, yeah. <laughs> bad. I'm bad with actor names, but but okay. Right, um. Well, yeah. Oh God, sorry. Um, I like this movie a lot. I think it's got. The thing that makes this movie really great for me, though, was the uh, the strength of the kid cast um, and also Ethan Hawke. I feel like Jeremy Davies has a, like a hard hill to climb up as a very openly abusive father in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought overall this movie is a pretty good, fun summer horror movie. Yeah, it's it's it, spe- yeah, sorry. Specifically out of the recent movies because outside of this and Nope, which I'm I'm glad that we're talking about both of these. Um I don't think I've gotten many scary movies over the past few years that have really kind of caught my interest. Um like uh, I mean I know It Chapter 2, I, I didn't care too yeah. much for it. Yeah. Um uh I'm I'm trying to think what else is out there. I mean, we haven't gotten like a uh, uh, a real good like Conjuring/ uh 
Annabelle type esque movie that like really caught my interest in the wild. Everything else has been like A twenty four style horror, yeah. which isn't bad, but it's like like you want. I love a movie with a good jump scare, and this mm-hmm. movie has one of the best jump scares I've seen in a Absolutely. long time. I literally like I jumped so hard my popcorn like fell out of the bag. Like, <laughs> shot up. Um, I'm I'm a coward, man. It's so, like I I like I like squint vines and close vines, but like I still got. But like this it. one, like there's no like build up. <laughs> yeah, and literally yeah. it was like like music sync, boom, like, like yeah, there's nothing. I'm a, I'm a I'm a jumpy dude, man. So they caught me a bunch of times over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what do you think has to happen for there to be another black phone? Um. I think the only way that this could work again is if it's a prequel. Um, mm. I guess there's a spoiler one about to say, but the movie's also been out like a month, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's been out. Um, it's been out almost. Uh, it's been out a little over a month. So um, the only way I could see this is is a prequel where it involves the grabber when he was a kid, mm. uh, because he says he hears the phone ring also. And the yeah. big thing is, so the big thing in the movie is uh, there's this guy in town kidnapping kids, uh, and he murders them. Um, and like, uh, like the first third of the movie is him, like just kids going missing at school. Yeah. Um, and then like the main kid gets kidnapped and his sister whose guy gets, um, like, uh, a psychological connection with the dead type thing and places like she can see things that she's never been to before, mm. uh, helps get him out basically. Um, uh, but like the phone rings and it's always like a person that, that the grabber murdered being like, Hey, I did get out, but you can do it. Like if you do this. Um, so it has a weird like escape room vibe to it, which yeah. I like a lot. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good escape room. But uh, so like early in the movie, like early in the abduction for the main kid, who's really, really good. Uh, his name is uh, Mason Thames. He plays Finney. Uh, okay. He he uh, he hears the phone and the grabber is like, I hear it too. So I would like so that implies in my mind that the grabber was also a similar situation. Yeah. That's the only way I could get a sequel out of this movie. How about you? Like, is it, I mean, it's, it's definitely got to be some trauma if you're throwing kids in like uh, some soundproof room and yeah. doing all this crazy stuff. But it's like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if if they want to take the Conjuring type of like route, right, where mm-hmm. um, uh, we we get the first movie and then you're kind of just leaving it open with like not a lot of explanation about the like certain characters or events yeah. at hand. Uh, if, if you look at that movie series, right? They they went back to the, the Annabelle and now are how do you how did the doll act like this? Well, they went back either further and did the nun, mm-hmm. or like uh, then they had the crooked man who possibly could get a movie at yeah. some point, you know. So, um, if they really wanted to make like a some kind of like trilogy or, or like uh, expand on this. They definitely could mm-hmm. um, definitely just go back on the grabber's backstory and everything. But I don't know if this is the the type of movie that was intended to have more than one movie. I agree. Um, yeah. So I think this is definitely going to be like a one and done. But um, we're in the ages of like trilogies and stuff. So like, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But um, it made a lot of money. Like it made $130 yeah. on like a $15 million budget. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially this day and age. Um. Mm-hmm. I think we should just review this quickly because, like, this episode's not going to be mainly about this. Oh, yeah. Got and it. I know, like, there's a movie that we want, two movies we want to talk about. One that we can't really go into spoilers about because it's too new. And the other one, we could probably spoil the whole thing and no one would know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so out, yeah. of, out of 10 black phones, Mark, how are how you, uh, you ranking it? 
Uh, I'm going to rate this as an 8.6. Got it. Of Jeremy Davies' minutes of terror on screen. Yeah. <coughs> what about you, Isaiah? I'm going to give it a straight 8. I'm I'm in the same ballpark as you. I you know I enjoy. I I feel bad for for all these new movie uh, characters that are like terrorizing children now. Yeah. Um, we we kind of see that in Stranger Things and it as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're here. I enjoyed it. It's scary, and it, you know, gave me my fix that I was looking for. Exactly. All right. So since it took us a while to get to this episode, we figured it was best for us to talk about a more recent movie that we both have seen. Um, I I want to see this. Uh, I need to see this movie again for myself because all Jordan Peele movies I feel like require a second viewing at least. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about Nope, just came out this past weekend. Uh, number one movie in America right now, written, directed, produced by the one, the only Jordan Peele. Uh, the man knows how to make a com a horror movie with some pretty good comedy in it. Uh, uh starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Ewan. Uh, who else is of uh, no, Oh, what's his name? A uh, Perea, right? Uh, uh, Brandon Perea and uh, Michael Wincott. I think it's like all. Yeah. Oh, and Keith David. How can I forget about Keith David? Holy crap, Keith David slays this movie. Like um, but yeah, um, let's not get too spoilery because this okay. movie is a hard thing to really get in depth about, I feel like. Okay. Um, but do you want to give a plot synopsis the best you can, Isaiah? Yeah, I mean, it. I'll go off of the trailers of, of what we've seen. I mean, basically, uh, we're, we're in a scenario. There, there's aliens basically terrorizing uh, this this ranch uh, that uh, basically they train horses for, for movies and commercials and everything. Um, they're they're kind of losing money, and they're trying to find a way to get some money back, so they sell some horses. Uh, and magically, not magically, but suddenly, uh, you know, the horses start acting up, uh, they go missing and you find out that, uh, we get, we got a, a something, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's something in the sky, uh, obviously based off the trailers, it's an alien of some sort and, uh, they're taking horses. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, there's a lot going on here. And I honestly really wish that the second trailer never happened because there's some images in that first trailer that, um, I was so happy when they popped up in the movie. Most yeah. specifically, um, what looked like it was underneath a bed, and you see a hand, and you see like, a different kind of hand going at each other, mm. and then like it like goes really slowly. Now, what I love about this movie is um, this is Jordan Peele's COVID movie. He wanted to make a movie that was big, that would get people back into the uh, to the theaters. That was a big, uh, big, big like spectacle. Like he, that's what he thought when he wrote this movie. And, like, you can't get more spectacular than, like, flying UFOs um, and big, beautiful vistas. Uh, this movie is probably one of the best shot horror movies I've seen since probably The Shining. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's so beautiful to look at the whole time. Um, and without going into too many spoilers, there's uh, a set piece about the midpoint of the movie that's about 20 minutes long. That is probably one of the most unsettling things I've seen in the movie in a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and the well, audio, we know the, the, sound, the sound design in this movie is absurd. Oh yeah, it, it's awesome. I, I was gonna say, um, first of all, I want to say uh, Daniel and Kiki kill it. I mean, Daniel, we saw him in Get Out. Um, he, he did a great job then. Um, I'm 
I, I was curious to see what his role was going to play in this movie because I, th- I was like, is this a continuation of, of uh, Get Out or anything? Yeah. But um, no, he's playing a brand new character. Mm-hmm. Him and Kiki are kind of like uh, spearheading the, the movie and everything. They do a fantastic job. I love Kiki Palmer on my screen again. Um, awesome actress. But uh, I, I was going to say, um, honestly, the backstory... Uh, what, who's Steven's uh, character's name? Um, uh, Ricky Juke Park. Th- there is a whole lot to be learned. There's like, a w- lot. W- without even getting into like, spoiler territory, there's just a lot. And there's like a whole philosophy that I feel, which we can talk about in a future podcast one yeah. day. Um, but there, there's a huge philosophy, I feel like, that has with him and, and uh, Gordy, the, the monkey, um, and, and the, the shoe. I'm so confused about that. I'm so, that's so. the one thing I'm really trying to figure out. Um, that I think I mentally need, like, I'm trying, I've been reading a lot about this movie since I've seen this movie. Like, I'm that person that, um, saw it get out like six times because I kept yeah. catching new things in the theaters. Yeah. Um, and I still love, I mean, don't get me wrong, I watched Us a lot too, but like, Us is a lot more straightforward of a movie than Get Out, uh, for, for at least my perspective as a white man. Okay. Um, but like, it's just like, cause I know Get Out had so many things that, you know, I didn't catch necessarily the first time. I'll, uh, most specifically, the things like the cereal, um, stuff like that. But uh, this movie has such a high rewatchability, also, because like Stephen Young's backstory of being a child actor and having <laughs> surviving a thing that is horrifying, to put mildly, uh, and completely traumatizing as a kid, makes me really want to rewatch this movie because I feel like you find out the full scope of what it is right before something else happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't had to, I have time to process it while watching the movie. That makes sense. So, so I have watched it twice. Okay. And I feel like the traumatizing experience that he goes through, I think in his mind, he probably thinks he's a little bit different. Yes. Um, 100%, yeah. yeah. And I think it leads him to have this false sense of, I can tame X, Y, and Z. You know, I, I have like this ability that all these other people doesn't. When in reality, uh, without without getting too crazy, you just didn't look into the eyes of of, uh, of Cordy. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I don't think he caught on to that. Um, but I saw this movie twice. There, there's still stuff I, I have questions about. I kind of have a philosophy that there's a potential uh, chance that there's like connections to all, all of Jordan Peele's movies. I, I know I've heard that rumor too. And I want yeah. to make an article about this because I like, I love his movies so much because they're so cerebral. Yeah. You know? And, and I don't know if he was trolling this interviewer, but so when us came out he trolled, I don't know if he trolled, I'm not going to say troll. He, he answered cryptically when, when the interviewer was like, are your movies connected? And he was like, uh, I don't know. You're going to have to go watch it back and find out. This time, he was more blatant. He said, there's already a connection between Nope and Get Out. And I'm like, really? And he said, "He said, what was it? And he said, um, uh, if you didn't see it, you're going to have to go watch it again. I'm like, huh. So, I, you know, I don't know if there's a connection between maybe like some lineage between characters. Because Get Out seems to be more of like a current times movie where... Uh, this movie, Nope, seems to be placed a couple years back, actually, if you, you if think, you think so? about a little bit. Or or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean like, everything like timeline-wise makes sense for it to be now. Yeah. Like, uh, like, the oldest thing that could have been timeline-wise is the whole Scorpion King thing. But, like... Uh, is that the technology store? 
the tip. No, well, uh, so Fry's, uh, Fry's closed during the pandemic. Okay. Um, so like that was still open when this was happening. Like they closed Got in 2021. It. Okay. Um, that okay. store I think closed uh, right before they shot the movie. Okay. Or right after. I'm okay. not sure, but like, because like the movie was shot basically a year ago. Like they announced the movie a year ago and they shot it a year ago too. Okay. I mean, it's not like the craziest movie ever. It's just most of the things this movie are very much in cam. You know, like it's all mm-hmm. like not going into too many spoilers, but like the part of when what what he does, what Jordan Peele does with silence and long takes. And the gift of God, like the God, from the gift of the movie gods that Daniel Kaluuya is, is so incredible. Like Daniel Kaluuya, while watching this movie, maybe like I while watching this movie, I realized he is one of my favorite actors. Okay. Like, but the stable scene at night is so fucking horrifying. And then you find out what it is. <laughs> and you're like, okay. But like, I don't think I've ever like I like I don't think I've been that scared in a sequence since the similar sequence in the movie signs. Yeah. Um, and like that one, like I remember like I remember watching that with my eyes, like hands over my eyes and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. this one I almost did the same thing because like when it goes behind that post and mm-hmm. just stays there for like 30 seconds. Yeah, he and, like he, it's he's... so long. It's so long. You're just like, what the fuck's gonna happen? What's gonna uh-huh. happen? And you're like, yeah, like it's just so smart. Yeah. I um, would really love to see him experiment with just like just a straight horror film because I feel like he has the chops for it. Uh-huh. Um, like, like uh, the fact that, and not a lot of people are able to do this. When you're making a scary movie, nine times out of ten, it's filmed in the dark because you want that element. The yeah. fact that he's able to film it in the daytime in some scenes and it's still scary is uh, is interesting to me. The only people I've ever seen that really experiment that with that right now and have been successful are him and Ari Aster with uh, Midsummer. Yeah, because Midsummer is like basically all daylight and like just truly horrifying yeah and and i i did see this one article they were like honestly nope is kind of like the modern day jaws a little bit yes it is and like it was definitely inspired by jaws actually wait, both, you, movies, wait both movies that we're talking about tonight the both the big movies are yeah, jaws inspired. are jaws yeah. inspired. that's shit. crazy because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, would you, you see yeah you see the spielberg all over this movie yeah like this is his spielberg movie I was gonna say, I mean, would you think Jordan Peele's like the modern day Spiel, uh, Spielberg? Like, like, um, uh, I think I don't he, want to call that. Um, yeah, maybe he's his own entity. I don't know. I don't know if you can really compare him to anybody. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, that's Spielberg, Spielberg, you know, and like, yeah, he, like, and I'm not saying Jordan Peele's bad or anything. I've loved all three of his movies. No. Um, it's just because his movies all have a very distinct tone while also being able to be funny you know i mean i'd say this is in my personal opinion the funniest of the three mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, because like uh brand Pereira's character who's incredible in the film okay is mostly uh he plays uh uh oh my god and he plays angel angel uh, yeah he's basically there for mostly comedy relief uh while Easily. while like while kiki palmer is very funny throughout and mm-hmm. so and kaluuya has some pretty funny stuff in there too. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about without spoiling much, um, how much Keith David fucking destroys this movie in like the less than five minutes he's on screen. Oh yeah, I mean the the moment I heard his voice, I was like, oh they crazy, you know, like they they got a, they got some big actors already. Yeah. It 
his impact is literally throughout the entire movie, even throughout like the the cutscenes where they're like flashing back, and he's yeah. not even necessarily on the screen, but like his his impact is still felt. Like he's a major character in the beginning of the movie, which is like what maybe he's mm-hmm. on like three minutes. That part, he has a short dialogue scene, and then like you know something else is happening for the rest of that, and then he has a I think one more scene after that. Yeah, uh, two, I'm gonna say the two, three uh, flashbacks. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's just, and what's happening to him for most of his main scene is so fucking scary to me as a New Yorker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just, Keith David always adds a level of class and quality to anything. Sophisticated. Uh, it's just, oh man. Um, it's just I love I like it's so hard to mention without spoiling everything. Um, I also want to shout out one of the best uh, mocap actors out there, Terry Notary. Okay. Uh, he when you see his name in the cast, don't be shocked when you see what he plays because he plays it in every movie. Uh, but <laughs> the guy is literally like, if you're going mocap, him and Andy Circus are the top tier, um, and like. He's incredible. Like that guy, I'm 90% sure that guy's not even human at this point. <laughs> I'm trying to see. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at obviously all the monkey movies that this yeah. guy's in. It says that he's in the Avengers. I was curious if he was he like, was. yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, he was, <laughs> he was, uh, he was Groot in that one. I had no idea. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Infinity War. Um, but uh, yeah, he likes playing like weird, weird characters, but it's fun. It's fun to watch it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what do we want to, before we do our ranking and before we move on to our next movie? Mark, what do we want Jordan Peele to do for his fourth movie? Because I like the theory that it's connected, but I can't fully co-sign on it being connected because like the events about of us was like pretty major. Like I don't think that like that just goes away. Uh, I think the events of this movie are pretty major. I feel like it's kind of hard not to hear about this. Um, yeah. Even Get Out, like like you know like there's there's some. Get out! Big. Get out's a lot more scaled back, though. I feel like, yeah, like the implications of what happens at the end of us is massive. Yeah. The implication happens at the end of this is less massive, but like, yeah, but like, you would hear um, about it. I think so. Yeah, but it's also Damn. the thing about they discuss the whole fucking movie, like, like how like conspiracy theory, like the movie's a lot about conspiracy theories, also. Yeah. Um. So, what do we want to see him experiment with next? Do we want to see him go into like uh, spiritual demons or ghosts, or uh, is that a little too cliche? Because I feel like Jordan Peele definitely likes to go against the grain. So the guy has a Hitchcock vibe to him, right? Like I'd say, yeah. like that's the best way to put it. Because um, because um, Hitchcock is a wide encompassing thing. That's probably the easiest way to describe his whole filmography. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a Hitchcock fan. I'm a huge Peele fan. Um, what I want to see from him is. I want to see him in a very isolated situation, sort of like a the thing type thing, where it because uh, the thing, as horrifyingly scary as that movie is, still has elements of comedy in it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that he likes, he finds the comedy in things that should not be funny, or could be funny. Yeah, like us, it's I'd say his least funny movie, right? Like, yeah. I mean, but most of the comedies from Winston Duke being Goofy Dad, um, and yeah, <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I want to see him do like a very isolated movie. I was thinking like it'll be fun to see someone with like multiple personality disorder and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, it's more like split. You know, we just okay. kind of saw something like that. So then I'm like, then there was like, uh, maybe if he's going through like these, uh, these more out there ideas, maybe something like Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster. But then I'm like, yeah, you said isolated. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Jordan Pill will figure it out. I mean, he, he's uh, he's very creative. I mean, he's got three different hits on his hands right now. Like, all I very mean, different from each other. All very different. Um, also, like, I love how he uses, like, actual film history. This Like, this movie is mm-hmm. such a film nerd movie. Like, everyone in this movie is a filmmaker to a certain extent. Like, I love how, like, when they, uh, like, the the uh, character of Antlers, uh, how he is a cinematographer that they, that they hire and he uses, like, a high-depth crank camera. Yeah. Which brings all back to the beginning of the movie, which is not really a spoiler because yeah. you watch the trailer that they're uh, related to um, what's it? The, what's the thing called? Man on horse, I think. Yes, yes. That's what that's the, called. The, the, the horse, the, in the very horse, horse in motion. motion. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is one of like one of like the five first things that are like considered a film because mm-hmm. for instance, that that artist put like five movies out at the same time mm-hmm. that were all like two second long clips of images. Um, uh, and I just I love this because it's such a Hollywood movie, but like it's like the not what you think of as Hollywood, you know, like the most Hollywood thing in this movie is Stephen Ewan's character. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean the last thing I wanted to say as well is I think it's interesting that Jordan Peele, um, yeah he, he does like this thing where he connects like animals to like the characters. Like if you look uh-huh. at Get Out, there was a deer. Um, if you look at us, is the rabbits, yeah. And now this movie, it's technically two. It's a, it's Gordy for real, for real, but uh, there's also the horses. So it's like, um, it sounded interesting about that. What I also love, did you watch the Easter egg thing of uh, Gordy's homes? Um, title, uh, titles like the title no. card? like it's uh, like a very cliche like Alf type opening, uh, which makes sense when you look at the set. Like it has like the Alf vibe to it. Oh. Uh, but like. Uh, it's like very like cliche and cheesy like '90s, early '90s sitcom, and then at the end, it's uh, Jupe and Gordy looking at a telescope towards the sky. Oh wow! Okay, uh, it's really interesting because like in it, you find out that like the family in Gordy's home is of uh, astronaut mother, scientist dad, stuff like that. Like that's pretty cool. I, I do know that they uh, they made like a, a website for Jupiter's place or Jupiter's way or something. Yeah, yeah, Jupiter's Claim, and it's, like, playing, like, it's, like, a, supposed to be, like, a spoof of, like, the website, and then, like, the sound changes, like, when the alien does a thing, yeah. and, like, the whole website goes dark, and the music starts slowing down, and yeah. the connection is crazy, like, you press the menu button, it yeah. starts slowing down, like, the loading time, it's very interesting. That's so cool. Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah. uh, I, we need to talk, because he always has, I feel like, a big song in it, that yeah. in his movies that, like, gets, like, fucked up with. Uh, mm-hmm. And like using sunglasses at night is such a cool one. one to yes, use. And, I heard uh, that they were actually supposed to use that song from Stranger Things. Um, right up the hill. Yes, they were going to use that originally. Or no, no, no. I'm thinking of Miss Marvel. Ignore me. Continue okay. on with your say. Uh, because and also using the novelty song "Purple People Eater" uh, to perfect use uh, by Antler's deep bass and barely able to sing this. Um, this movie gave me a lot of feelings. It just like it made me feel a lot in the way that I want to feel when I go to the movies, you know? Good. Like 
Um, I didn't look at my phone once. I just sat down and two hours and five minutes later it ended. I was like, give it to me. I want to see this. Have you seen it IMAX or just normal? No, I've only seen it uh, normal two times, but it was at two different theaters. But like, I want to see this mainly for the sound design in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, that out too. Whenever the 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 entity is nearby, there's a horrifying sound, um, especially towards the towards once you find things out, uh, you hear more different things. And there's a lot of like interesting, inorganic sounds happening. Yeah, it's a it's a it's, there's definitely a lot of love and creativity in this movie, so I love it. Um, all right, Mark, mm-hmm. out of ten horses. <laughs> Continuing the item thing. Out of 10 horses, where are you rating it? I'm going to give this um, similar to my Larry Box review because I don't really like to fully rank uh, Jordan Peele movies until I see them twice. Okay. Uh, but off my first viewing, I'm going to give this 9.5 horses named Jean Jacket. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 9. We're, we're, in the, we're in the same ballpark again. I, I think uh, this is definitely, in my opinion, the best movie I've seen in a very long time because like I have been left, I guess wanting more unsatisfied with uh-huh. a lot of movies that I've been seeing recently. Um, the only thing that's making it not a 10 is just shoe. I'm like, what's going on with that? And if they don't address that later, I'm going to be like, that's going to eat me alive for the rest of my I life. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be articles about like thought pieces about that shoe very soon. Yeah. Um, I, God, I fucking, but like fan yeah. theories only goes such a such a That's long fair. way, you know. But like it's a thing of like a lot of articles came out about Get Out, right? Uh, that yeah. like made it a lot easier for people like me that are white to understand that movie mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying like, this isn't a movie that's a, like I think only one of his movies is about race. Granted, all of his cast have been predominantly black, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like even us like was a movie that like it took a little while for me to process. You know, like why is there an escalator to get up? You know, like stuff like. <laughs> Yeah. Um, for me right now, though, like Get Out's like a perfect 10. For me, I think it's like a perfect fucking movie. Okay. Uh, this could be up there, too. Yeah. I think I like it more than Us at this present moment, but I really like Us a lot. So, yeah. Like, it's going to take so- some time to digest all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, shall we talk about what our real choice was for this week? Yes. Let's talk about House. All right. Let's talk about. Nobu, uh, I want to say his name correctly. Uh, Nobu Hiku, no, Nobu Hiku <laughs> uh film House, uh, okay. made in 1977, was to, um, uh, Toho Studios made the studio behind Godzilla, um, and it was part of a double feature, um, and they were like, "Hey, we like Jaws. Let's make a movie like Jaws." Uh, so this is our again. The Jaws stuff is everywhere in this episode. Um, Gotta love late July, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, give us a, give us a, give them the synopsis as you're the one that watched for the first time. So the way I digested it, you basically have this one girl who basically her father comes back, is remarried, uh, has a new dad, I mean mother for her and everything, um, and she's going to school. She has a group of friends. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, the seven doors from, uh, uh, snow white a little yeah. bit. Like they all have like very weird names. Everyone's <laughs> like, weird names. Like gorgeous. Mac, uh, Kung yeah. Fu, Kung Fu, like, uh, I love it. Uh, fantasy. 
Um, but the the one teacher that they're all simping for, I guess, like uh, he's having, he has a baby. And he's like, uh, the inn's closed, and uh, she's like, hey, Gord is like, hey, um, we can go stay at my parents' house, uh, and so aunt's house, aunt's house. Yeah. So so they go there, and uh, basically, they're in this house. They're just vibing and all this stuff. It's haunted by uh, is it the previous wife? It's harder. Or is it? It's it's, it's, it's a little confusing. Yeah. Okay. I well, I interpret it as as a previous wife, and basically, it's she basically haunts anybody that it's a woman that isn't married that comes into the house. So it's like um, a lot of weird stuff happens. They definitely experiment it with like special effects uh, <laughs> for the better and worse at times. Uh, a lot of that green screening, I was just like laughing, like what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> but also, how'd you feel about it? Also, let people know that this is intentionally a funny a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a very purposely funny. Um, and it's also an experimental film because there's a lot of interesting shit happening in this movie. Yeah. Um, so this movie uh, was a huge hit in Japan in 1977 when it came out, but Toho never sent it to America um, until like it got found by the New York Asian Film Festival uh, in 2009, and it sold out both showings, and it became a cult hit. Uh, eventually, went to the IFC Center, and then getting a cool little small release in 2010. Um, and I saw it a few years later because like I heard it was the poster is really iconic. It's a giant orange cat looking kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fucking love this movie. Um, from everything works in this movie, from the really sweet, cute score, mm-hmm. um, all the way through to like the really insane shit, like a head uh, that's floating around biting someone's ass. You know, like <laughs> I was uh, definitely gonna say the beginning half of this movie. You feel like uh, I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem like it's supposed to be like uh some kind of like killer movie you know yeah. like um uh it's, it's very lighthearted. that's why I, I texted you actually when i was watching i said this feels like anime yeah um, it's, um, it's very much it's all bright colors uh yeah. very highly stylized like the sets are like the beautiful backdrops um and it kind of looks like for that better word like a like a karaoke video for a lot of it you know mm-hmm. yeah but um i i so i wanted to talk to you about the creative direction at this one because okay. <laughs> when I first watched, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> um, and it wasn't until like I watched like a deep dive retrospective on like YouTube where yeah. it really broke down like the background of this movie, the director, uh, what he was really going for, and I was like, "Okay." So that's why, actually, for for the listeners, I rewatched this movie before we uh, before we yeah. filmed because I was like, "Now that I know what he was going for, I want to watch it again because." Uh, also, the first time you're watching it, it's Japanese, so it's subtitles. You're really focusing on what they're saying more than, like, actually what's on screen. Yeah. So the second time, I got to really focus on what's going on on the screen. And I'm still like, what the hell? But I'm like, all right, I get, like, what, what his direction was. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's cool about this, one of the other things that's really cool about this movie is he asked his teenage daughter, Chigumi, uh, what scares her when she wants to see in a horror movie. So a lot of these, uh, like, there's, like, a haunted piano that, like, bites fingers off and things like that. Uh, like, she's, like, scared of mirrors, stuff like that. And it's all, a lot of this came from his daughter. Um, so it's a lot, there's a very fun, weird sense of play in this movie that I can't really explain easily. Uh, like, there's, 
it's a hard movie to explain because of what it is is so you have to see it to believe it like i can literally tell you everything that happens in this movie and it's still watchable if that makes sense mm-hmm. um yeah I like God, i'm sorry there's a there's a skeleton that, like uh that's like hanging out in the back of the whole movie that's like dancing like mm-hmm. it's a skeleton that you would see, like in a biology class uh mm-hmm. and it's just like dancing happily um and there's a there's a very weird sense of play this movie throughout like there's a there's like a japanese rock band at the near the top of the movie they're on the way to it like that has like um that was just becoming big at the time like there's a lot of weird things about this movie that they throw it all at the wall and it succeeds in so many weird ways i don't even know how to explain like like you know what i mean it's a, it's a hard movie to talk about. Like, I'm kind of like, glad we didn't make it the movie. Tell the plot of the movie. It's like a girl named Gorgeous. Her friend, her and her friends go to her aunt's house and they get haunted. Like that's the plot of the movie. So I mean, so from what I was watching, it seems like he actually asked his daughter what would make a good movie. She's yeah. like ten. Yeah. And then he just like said yes. So then he like wrote a list and like, hey, here's a bunch of ideas. Make a yeah. movie out of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, um. Like uh, when 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 you have the the freaking watermelon stand guy. Oh my god! Uh, when, when you have uh, a freaking eyeballs coming out of a ghost mouth, uh, you have the piano sequence. You have the skeleton sequence. There, there's so much randomness, but like it, it, this is more of a a, a light hearted movie that kind of resembles um, Eddie Murphy's haunted house movie. Uh-huh. Um, it kind of resembles. Uh, it's an anime movie, but uh, Monster House a little bit. Uh, it's just it's out there, you know. It's, it's just like a lot. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I wonder like how much this movie actually inspired movies like that, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Like, even though it never was released in America until 2010, that doesn't mean that like people didn't see it, you know? Yeah. This de- I, I can definitely see Haunted House, the Disney movie, being inspired off of this because yeah. it, it's the same vibe. It's a haunted house. There's ghosts and there's a bunch of random crap going on, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it, it makes all. good conversation, you know, so like it's such a like and what's also cool with this movie is that Obiashi, uh he used only non-actors except for the actress plays gorgeous and the aunt. Um, yeah, everyone else is a non-actor. And like apparently it's like get, he would always have like the, the score playing in the background, the score like. I know you are like me right now where you have the main theme in your head right now, right? Mm-hmm. I can't sing, uh, nor do I have melody, but I say that I know what I'm talking about. You, see this movie? Yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like um, the actresses apparently weren't doing a great job of doing the acting unless the music was playing. And like, apparently it was a really fun set, like, mm. which you can get that. Like, uh, like, I like the scene where he, she plays it on the piano as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you see the ghost hands playing like the, um, like there's just such like. I wish there was more into experimental movies so my brain could be like analyzing this also under that way too. If that makes sense, Uh, I think the the closest to like a non you know a very experimental non formulaic movie is like everything everywhere all at once. You know, like uh, just do stuff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like it is uh, like that where it's everything gets thrown at the wall and, uh. I'd say not as much sticks, but a lot of it still sticks for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think uh, 
we're too comfortable in cinema right now. I think uh, everyone's kind of afraid to be different. Um, everyone's kind of in this. Uh, let's copy Marvel, Star Wars, copy Disney era, or remake a movie, or just make a movie based off of history. Like, like let's do more different things. Like, uh, definitely one of the best movies I've seen in uh, a while. Uh, I think of um, what's the cow? I, I mean, I know you don't like Western movies. There's a, the cowboy movies uh, with Idris Elba. Um, oh, oh, the one that just came out, right? Um, on Netflix. Fuck, what's it called? Um, Whatever I can think about. It has Jonathan Mayers and all them in there. But, like, that's different, too. Like, you know, like, I, I yeah. just like, I like different Harder things. Harder they fall. Harder they fall. Thank you. Yeah. So, so when I, when I watched House, I, I personally, I, I don't know if I've ever explained this to you. I'm not a big, I mean, I'm a, obviously the viewing experience is yeah. that's a factor i'm a huge writer fan so like if uh, something is written differently i don't care how bad it is i'm all for it like yeah. I'll, I'll stick around i because you grasp me to the point where now i'm forced to see how it ends because i don't know how it's gonna end <laughs> where like like if you give me a formulaic movie and I, if i can call the ending i don't care but like if i don't know how it ends i'm like this is bad which of this movie isn't bad it's funny uh, but like if i seen a bad movie i'm like this is bad but I'm forced to stick around because I don't know how it's going to end. It's going to bother me, you know. Yeah, so it's interesting to see a movie like this where, uh, it's from '77, so and it's a like a haunted house movie, which, um, those were definitely around back then. But it's that thing of like, I really wonder how much this was would be like. It's like watching Star Wars after watching every other sci-fi movie that came out afterwards that was inspired by it. You know? Yeah. And I wonder how that would feel. Yeah. So. It's an interesting movie. Um, do you have any other comments about this one? Um, I love the length of it. I think the length is the right length. It's 87 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, it's just really beautiful to look at. Like, it's a movie where you just put on. Uh, you don't have to, like, stare at the movie. Like, that's what I say. But you have to, like, pay hardcore attention to the movie to get what the movie's trying to do. Um, I wish like, it was always- an English dub. I could see that. I mean, it's a movie that would be really fun to, to like have it playing during a party, like on a exactly. wall. Yeah, because it's like just... so fucking weird looking. And it's a Halloween like... movie you put on during a Halloween party. <laughs> and it's also like it's also like nope, where um, it's a lot of bright scares. Like yeah, like and the scares are effective. It's not like like I know the movie's pretty purposely funny and but like. There's a lot of like unsettling imagery in this movie, like the like the walls like bleed and shoot blood out and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, I also like one of the things that always sticks about with me whenever I watch this. I I rewatched it to the, uh, last night also because it's been a few weeks since. Mm-hmm. It's good to refresh yourself when you rewatch this movie. Like, well, like when you talk about the movie, um, Mr. Toho's experience, like walk you watch him walk down the stairs and he falls and then gets that bucket on his butt. He's like, I can't get off my butt. And he's like, I have to go to the hospital. Like, stuff like that. It's, like, so weird. And the kids are playing drums on it. You're like, it's just a weird yeah. fucking movie that, like, owns what it is. Yeah. I mean, I respect it. So, yeah. There you go. So, I mean, that's our house review. Um, Did you, Mark, was it what you expected to be at all? Absolutely not. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know what I was walking into, man. I was like, right. I, like I said, to this day, I'm still like, what the hell did I watch? But, like, I, I have a, a better respect for it. You know, I, I think we all know. We all know where I fall on this. Isaiah, what's your rating on this movie out of 10 stars? Out of 10, the fact that I was interested enough to go back to it, I'm going to give it at least a six and a half. I think uh, it's different. 
I think it it doesn't age well, but okay. the score in the in the story itself is enough for me to, to watch it twice. If I didn't like it, I would just watch it the one time, and then I would just like never return it to it. The score is really fucking good. It's it's really good on the ears. I I agree with that. Yeah, you know, so it's different. I, yeah. So I'll give it a six and a half. Okay, cool. Awesome. Cool. I'm, happy, I'm happy that you that you watched it again and enjoyed it more. Or got more you, it. you know your your recommendations hustle. Uh, you got a house. You got a dark dark phone. You're doing you're doing good. Awesome. Dark phone. Black uh, phone. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're doing good. Dark phone. Oh my god. Uh, should we get like, to the wheel then? Or yeah, why not? Yeah, let's uh, uh, let's pull okay. it up. So I have to add a sign to it since the house was mine, right? Yes, sir. All right. So, so, I, so here's the list. Um. I okay, so let's read the list and I will add to it a movie right now. Two, three. Okay, so we have the worst person in the world. Um, I have the Batman. I have Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh-huh. What was I thinking? Uh, if you want, if you I have, want change things, you can change stuff. Man, I'm gonna stick to it. Right. You know, I'm gonna stick to the process. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is what I put. Um, you have the Great Dictator. Cannot uh-huh. wait to watch that movie. Um, Eating Raul, um, Raul. That's yours. Raul. It's Raul. Raul. Yeah. Um, I have Dune, twenty twenty one. I have Squid Games, and then you have Atlantix. So now it's your turn. All right. So I wanted to choose a movie that I never seen before that um, is um, considered interesting, and I want to stick with like something that's like a little more vintage. So uh, I'm going with uh, John Patrick Shanley's. Uh, Joe versus the volcano. Oh, that sounds cool. I've never actually seen it before. It's Tom Hanks, it's a comedy. Uh, mm. I believe it's Meg Ryan. Uh, but it's a movie that a lot of my friends are like, that are like into like more uniquely silly 80s comedy. It's 1990s, so I apologize. That's yeah, Tom okay. Hanks and Meg Ryan, but it's something I've wanted to see for a while. And I'm like, you know what? If it lands out, that's a good reason to listen to watch it. So awesome. And you know what? I'm going to take you up on your offer. I do want to... Because we already did Detective Pikachu. That was an animated movie. I don't want to do more than one. So I'm actually going to change Chippendale to Goodfellas. Ooh, Uh, yes. RIP. I I know the Pauly actor. He just died recently. Yeah. Um, Just a piece of Paul Servino, man. Yeah. Uh, I just recently rewatched his uh, scene where he's like uh, using the razor blade to cut the... Oh, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, so so we're going to spin on it. So, uh, what did we what did we do last week? When it landed on a movie that was mine, no, land mine uh, because okay, uh, beautiful. Yeah, the house. So we're just going to whatever it lands on, we're going to go with. So, let's spin it. Next movie we are watching is. Oh my god! Yeah! <laughs> yes! The Great Dictator. All also. right, we're going 1940 classic Charlie Chaplin movie. Um, All right. We, we should also figure out what we're doing for our main movie too, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what are we feeling? Uh, okay. So what's out right now? Like, what are you intrigued by? Um, I just watched. Uh, I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder's out. Um. Uh, like I said, I just watched the Idris Elba movie. Um. Shoot, what I else mean, is like, out? Because. We got to choose some. Uh, about, so we'll figure that part out off the air. Yeah, why not? We can do that. Yeah. We can do that. Off, um, off because I know we have to record fairly soon for our next episode. So we're going to release yeah. that while you're out of town. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 talk about it after we finish. But that. we'll watch. We're watching something and the Great Dictator by Charlie Chaplin. Very uh, we'll excited. Watch along with us. Uh, Charlie Chaplin is on HBO Max. Um, I mean, well, Great Dictator. All of his movies are on HBO Max, pretty much all the big ones. But uh, Great Dictator is there too. So. All awesome. right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode three of At the Movies podcast. It's so great to be back. Um, if you haven't already, if you enjoyed the coverage, please uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please rate five stars. If it's anything less than that, don't rate it at all. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we only want good uh, good reviews. So just wait till next time to when you like something. Um Please, if you if you aren't already, uh, check out all the stuff that we have at Silent Podcast. We have a whole lot of coverage going on from Carrie's and uh, in, in Katie's uh, coverage on uh, uh, Real Housewives with yeah. the Water Show. Then we got a Big Brother coverage going on to Mark and Davies coverage on Survivor Philadelphia and all that other fun stuff. We got a whole lot of stuff going on Survivor South Africa. Uh, you know, Marvel's uh, podcast coming back to drama. It's a fun time over here at Silent Podcast. So please check everything out. Mark, thank you so much. Uh, as usual, for joining me on this fun adventure. I Always a pleasure. Uh, be uh, careful, there's a cat behind you, and you know, don't mind <laughs> Don't do that. Where can people find you? What What are you uh, uh, doing podcast-wise? Yeah, you can follow me at MarkLevy85 on everything. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. You should get a Letterboxd, Isaiah. I think it'd be fun for you. I think uh, I want to. It's free to do, you know, um, yeah. and get like re- cool recommendations that way too. Like, cause, oh, I didn't know about that movie. Um, but yeah, um, Isaiah, how can they find you? Oh, make sure to check out Mark's coverage on Survivor Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, myself job. and an amazing co-host friend, Davey Sack and I uh, just released episode one of our coverage for Survivor Philadelphia with uh, our my co-host of the show, Isaiah. Uh, I'm excited to see how he does. Uh, I can't wait to watch episode two and record episode two. We'll have a lot of friends um, and stuff like that on that show too. All right. And like usual, you can find me at 8BallBangers on all uh, social media platforms. Uh, over here at Silent Podcast, you can find me doing coverage, like usual, on At The Movies, uh, Big Brother, which is finally starting to go up now that we have Taylor doing well on there. Oh, God, um, so <laughs> um, we also got uh, we Total Drama. We got a Marvel Podcast, which is making the return this week. And um, uh, I, I actually, like Mark, am doing a retrospective series with the Lemonade Players for Survive Philadelphia. So check that out. It's a fun time um, and some great TV. But yeah, until our next movie podcast, we will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. At the movies. <laughs>